Good morning. If you would all please stand and join me in the singing of hymn number four, 545, Be Thou My Vision. It's in your blue hymnals or on the screen. We'll sing verses 1, 2, 4, and 5. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to chapel. February has 28 days, and within these 28 days, we celebrate Black History Month, a time to acknowledge and celebrate the black women, men, and children who have sacrificed their lives for the liberty of people of color. February is also the month of love, so happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. February, also for Goshen, is a time to inaugurate our new president, Rebecca Stoltzfus. It is also a time when we begin Lent, a time for intentional presence before our good Lord, to give and add things into our life to bring us closer to our true and real selves that the good God has created. Today is also Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent. Genesis 3.19 says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you're taken, from dust you are, and from dust you'll return. Ashes are a symbol of repentance. They're also a symbol of new life and rebirth. I invite you all, as we go into this time of love, celebration, and Lent, 
that you go in with your hearts of reflection, an open heart for new life, new growth, and new presence. And now I invite you all to close your eyes as I pray a prayer by Howard Truman, who is an African-American author, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader, who was also a close comrade of both Martin Luther King Sr. and Jr. Lord, open unto me. Open unto me light from my darkness. Open unto me courage from my fear. Open unto me hope from my despair. Open unto me peace for my turmoil. Open unto me joy from my sorrow. Open unto me strength from my weakness. Open unto me wisdom from my confusion. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open up to me love for my hates. Open up to me thyself for myself. Lord, Lord, open unto me. Amen. Now I'll be reading um, another uh, writing by Howard Thurman. It is called, How Good to Center Down. How good it is to center down, to sit quietly and see oneself pass by. The streets of our minds seethe with endless traffic. Our spirits resound with clashing, with noisy silences, while something deep within hungers and thirsts. For the still moment and the resting lull, with full intensity we seek, ere thicket passes, a fresh sense of order in our living, a direction. A strong, sure purpose that will structure our confusion and bring meaning in our chaos. How good it is to center down. I now invite you to pass the peace. We invite you to keep standing, sorry. <laughs> There is power 
chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Ash Wednesday is an ideal time to remember our shared humanity, our common purpose, our common origins, and our common destiny. Um, so um, it's a dedication for our speaker for this morning, who always makes me feel very welcomed as a friend. When she sees me around campus, she'll say, hi, Danny. And I feel comfortable saying, hi, Becky, right back. So I'm very happy to introduce our speaker for this morning, Rebecca Stoltzfus, who I'm delighted to call our president as well as our friend. Well, good morning. Ash Wednesday comes from the ancient Jewish traditions of penance and fasting. And the practice includes the wearing of ashes on the forehead. And the ashes symbolize the dust from which God made us. As the ashes are applied to a person's forehead, the one applying the ashes speaks the words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Alternatively, they may speak the words, 
Repent and believe in the gospel. Ashes also symbolize grief. In this case, grief that we have caused division from God. Lent is a season to hold our grief and to do so with hope. Lent means spring. On this Ash Wednesday, the first chapel of Lent, I want to share with you just a few snapshots of my own faith journey, which will bring me to this morning with you at Goshen College. So snapshot one, I grew up in a Mennonite family where we often talked about faith and spirituality. When I was 19 here in Goshen, I remember a conversation with my mother around this time of year when we were headed toward another Easter and I said, Mom, I honestly don't get the resurrection. I understand Jesus was a great teacher and the Sermon on the Mount is radical and wonderful and I understand discipleship. But this part about death and resurrection, do I really have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? I don't get what that does for me. And my mother responded with a question. Have there been times in your life when something that seemed good had to end or die before something better could happen? Ah, it's paying attention to that. When things seem to be going wrong and you don't get what you want, there may be something bigger and better going on. Oh, the resurrection is not only or even primarily about the historical Jesus being raised from the dead. It is a pattern built into life. It's about what's going on in our compost pile. Snapshot two. I'm 33 years old. Married to Kevin already for 12 years and were unable to have children. After four years of doctors and surgeries and drugs and procedures, unable to conceive. And it's taken its toll on relationships with our fertile friends and siblings, on our marriage, on our spirits. I feel alienated and betrayed and worn out. Here's a poem I wrote at that time called Ash Heap. Trudging through the ash heap that was my house of dreams, brown-haired, round-faced baby, inquisitive musical child. This house never went up in a mighty blaze, but smoldered for years. Its unsuspecting inhabitants I was not consumed in flames, but slowly choked by smoke, blinking my burning eyes. Thick timbers have fallen with a dull thud onto this bed of ashes. It is good to breathe the air in this stillness. Walking, my steps kick up plumes of ash which mix with the sunlight to create a holy glow. I stop to savor the strange colors. After all, death 
like birth, is a holy thing. Stooping down, I feel the ashy softness. They smudge my cheek when I itch my nose. Digging down with my bare hands, I search for the fertile earth underneath, waiting for the resurrection. After writing that poem and taking a long weekend to consider next steps, we decided to let that dream go. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But, you are thinking, you have children. <laughs> yes, I do. And that's a story for another time. Two extremely unlikely and precious events in the course of human history. I don't claim to understand this story even though I lived it, but I offer it to you as a moment in which I claimed the resurrection story in real time. I had faith in the pattern even as it was unfolding and before I knew the end of the story. The third snapshot is around age 50. I am a professor at Cornell University, immersed in a world and a culture that values planning, control, competition, and achievement. I have been successful at those things. And I find in my midlife that I am less and less interested in achievement. I am drawn to life, to growth, and to deep experience. I am struck, and I mean really bowled over by the preciousness of life of my own life, of your lives, of all forms of life. And now that pattern of letting go, of not getting, of dying, of transformation, of gift, now I see it all around. I am beginning to see that my planful, controlling, competitive, achievement-oriented life is not the real story. My life is not a story of achievement and accumulation, periodically interrupted by a little death, such as infertility, a forced letting go. No, the real story is this cycle of transformation, and my controlling competitive habits are the interruptions. It's like realizing that the earth revolves around the sun, not the sun around the earth. As Jesus said, we who lose our lives will find them. Here's to letting go. And now, not a snapshot really, but our present reality together. We're all in this picture together. Here we are, gathered as students, staff, faculty, friends, and a new president. Where do we find ourselves as a college community? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s final book, published in 1967, is entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? Dr. King concludes his book with a chapter entitled, The World House. He writes, some years ago, a famous novelist died. Among his papers was found a list of suggested plots for future stories. 
the most prominently underscored being this one. A widely separated family inherits a house in which they have to live together. This is the great new problem of humankind. We have inherited a large house, a great world house, in which we have to live together. Black and white, Easterner and Westerner, Gentile and Protestant, Muslim and Hindu, a family unduly separated in ideas, culture, and interest, who, because we can never live apart, again, must learn somehow to live with each other in peace. I want to adapt and adopt this text as a remarkably fitting metaphor for this moment at Goshen College. A widely separated family inherits a house in which we have to live together. This is the great new problem of Goshen College. We have inherited a campus, a great world house, in which we have to live and learn together, black and white and Latino and Asian, Easterner and Westerner, US citizens, undocumented students, and citizens of other nations, gay and straight and transgendered, wealthy and not wealthy, Catholic and Protestant and Mennonite, Muslim and Hindu, a family unduly separated in ideas, culture, and interest, who, because we have chosen to be Goshen College together, must learn somehow to live and learn with each other in peace. And on this Ash Wednesday, I can feel in the cells of my body the familiar call, wake up, get ready, Put your anxious thoughts and assumptions into the holy compost pile. Repent and believe in the gospel. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it is written this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. We have inherited a college a great world house in which we have to live and learn together. How are we going to do that? What is my role? What transformation will that require from me? What will that require from you? It is Ash Wednesday, a day to hold sacred compost piles, infertility and fertility, letting go, and the great world house that we have inherited. The scripture text being used throughout this inauguration week is from, from Ephesians, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Returning to the words of Dr. King, he writes in the concluding paragraphs of his book, when I speak of love, I am speaking of that force which all the great religions have seen as the supreme unifying principle of life. Love is the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. This Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist belief 
about ultimate reality is beautifully summed up in the first epistle of John. Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. They that love not, know not God, for God is love. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and God's love is perfected in us. Repent and believe in the gospel. Thank you, President Stoltzfus, for sharing a piece of your life story. It was a strong example of how to connect with the community around us through vulnerability. Thank you. How good is it to center down? We look at ourselves this waiting moment, the kinds of people we are. The questions persist. What are we doing with our lives? What are the motives that order our days? What is the end of our doings? Where are we trying to go? Where do we put emphasis and where are our values focused? For what end do we make sacrifices? Where is my treasure and what do I love most in life? What do I hate most in life? And what am I true? Over and over, the questions beat upon the waiting moment. How good is it to center down? As we transition into, together into this time of response, let's join together to recognize that we are broken people. Together, let's discover what it means to form community through the brokenness of our busyness, lust, gossip, aggression, grief, depression, and all things that cause a divide in our community's relationships. For we are dust, and dust we will return. Let's work together by connecting through these divides to aim towards feelings of patience, support, and love. Once we have identified those faults in our, in our life, let's run as a community towards a greater hope found in the overwhelming being of God's love. After we pray together, feel free to receive ashes from Pastor Gwen and Reverend Lakendra at the front center two aisles, and then return to your seats on the outside aisles. Let's pray. God, we give thanks for the opportunity to live in your beauty. Lord, lead us in understanding what it means to live within our humanity. Guide us to understand how to connect with the people around us through our fragmented lives. Guide your amazing love to rise out of these connections. In your name, Jesus, amen.
how good it is to center down. As we listen, floating up through all the jangling echoes of our turbulence, there is a sound of another kind, a deeper note which only the stillness of the heart makes clear. It moves directly to the core of our being. Our questions start to be answered, our spirits refreshed, and we move back into the traffic of our daily round with peace of the eternal in our step. How good it is to center down. Receiving ashes is a reminder to us all that we, as human beings, are fragile. Accepting that reality of our fragility is an act of honesty. And this acceptance prepares us to look honestly at ourselves, at our fears, at the places of pain in our lives, at our dreams, at our hopes. And in the midst of all that makes up our lives, we can rest in the assurance that in our fragility, we are held by a profound and infinite love, the energy that fuels the sun, the power of life, God, who is love. This assurance that we are held and loved and empowered gives us hope. And so, as Howard Thurman so eloquently states, we move back into the traffic of our daily round with the peace of the eternal in our step. Toward that place where justice reigns with love and all is right with the world. Please join in singing into that hope together as we stand and sing soon and very soon. It's in the blue hymnal book, 611, but the lyrics will also be on the screen. Soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the king. No more crying there, we are going to see the king. No more crying there, we are going to see the king. Oh, my God. 